Wow, you guys sound good. Yes. Man, welcome, welcome. We're so pumped that all of you are here tonight. Glad you're hanging out with us. Hey, and uh, just like Zach and Sarah said, if this is like your first time ever to M12, never been here before, we have a room just for you. It's right next door. It's called our VIP room. And so if this is like your first time, you're brand new, then you and the person that brought you, join us next door. We got a lot of free stuff that we want to give you. We got, we got candy. We got snacks. We got food. We got a bunch of free stuff. Uh, just as our way of saying thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, uh, for those of you that have been here before, you know we're in a series called Circles. And tonight is actually our very last week in the series Circles, which is, you know, a little sad. Uh, that's okay, though. It's okay. What we do uh, with series is we talk about a subject for a long time, and then when we run out of stuff to talk about, then we go on to the next series. So, so we're kind of at the end of Circles. And uh, this whole series, we've been asking this one question. Here it is. question is, what are we known for, right? What are we known for? Uh, and if you're like brand new to M12, or this is maybe your first time here in a long time, this might be the question on your mind, like what, what are we known for? What is M12 known for? What are we, what are we all about? Uh, and I think another way we could ask this question is uh, when you see our logo, when you see this, what do you think of? When you see our logo, what do you think of? Right? Maybe, maybe a thumbprint. Uh, maybe you think of hashtag green team, scheme team. Maybe that's one thing, right? Maybe, uh, maybe you think of like the awesome worship that we just had here, like the band coming up here being awesome, right? So good. Maybe, maybe when you see our logo, you think of a bunch of people that love God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. Man, I hope, I hope that's us, right? Like we talked about the first week. Maybe, maybe for you, when you see our logo, you think of people that have gathered together in community because you know that we can't do life alone. Right? But the big question is, when you see this logo, when you see our logo, what do you think of? And so this is fun, so we're going to do this for a few more logos. Uh, when you see this logo right here, what do you think of? Yeah. Does, uh, does anyone think Chipotle is my life? Right? Maybe... Uh, Hey, uh, maybe some of you have heard about this at Chipotle. This is pretty incredible. It's called a quesarita. The quesarita, what it is, is imagine if a burrito and a quesadilla got married and then they had a kid. And that kid is the quesarita, and it's unbelievable. And it's, it's unbelievable. Okay, so, so uh, what about this one? When you see this logo, what do you think of? Yeah, some of you are like, I think of my existence. Like, that is everything. Right, here's what I think of. Uh, I think of an incredible phone with a terrible battery. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. Up top, okay? Now, okay, now what about this? When you see this logo, uh, what do you think of? All, <laughs> all the girls in the room just went bananas. Like some of them started to faint, and I get it. That's so, hey, uh, as a side note, by the way, for our back-to-school bash, the Starbucks upstairs is going to be open, which is uh, it's going to be good. Okay, okay, so uh, what about this? When you see this, what do you think of? Yeah, this is, uh, this is the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Now, now, 
for those of you that like, maybe you're like one of two people on the, the entire planet Earth that you don't know what this is, uh, let, me, let me catch you up. So basically, it's a way to raise awareness and raise some money for ALS, which is Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease. And what you do is you take a bucket of ice water and you dump it on yourself. And then when you dump it on yourself, you get to nominate three more people to do the same thing, to take the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. And they have two options. One, they can either dump the bucket of water on themselves and then nominate three more people, or they can uh, donate $100 to ALS. Pretty, pretty cool thing. Um, just out of curiosity, how many of you in this room have done the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge? Yeah. Nice. I'm seeing some leaders. So... Uh, so the truth is, I knew that a lot of you did it because I saw this all over Instagram. That's uh, many of you, right? Okay, now, now, now here's the deal. Here's the deal, okay? I'm not, I'm not above the law, and some of you nominated me to do the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. And, uh, and I've actually got the video, and I'm going to show it to you in just a second, in just a second. But, but before I show you, uh, so where is, where's Scott Akers at? There's Scott Akers right there. Okay, so many of you nominated me. Scott was the first one that I saw. And so, uh, so then I did the challenge after I got it from Scott Akers. And for those of you that have seen the video, you'll notice that um, it's like it starts in the middle of me recording. It's like, it's like halfway through. And the reason it's halfway through, I want to I wanna explain, is that um, in, in the video, I... <laughs> I said, this one goes out to stupid Scott Akers. And so I called him stupid, and my wife, who is like my better half, and she keeps me out of trouble, she, she came up to me and she said, um, you can't call students stupid, okay? Like, you can't post that all over Instagram where you call students stupid. And so I thought, that's a good call, and so I started it halfway through. But, um, but now, since I'm on stage and I can do whatever I want, this one goes out to stupid Scott Akers. Check it out. And I nominate Caleb Davis, Kevin Monahan. And Jack Wynn. Cracky Jack. <laughs> yeah, so to answer your question, no, I have no idea what that noise was, okay? It, it, it just rose up out of me. Uh, it was like, it was some like prehistoric like pterodactyl noise that I summoned from deep within. Yeah, there's a, there's a still of me and... Me and Zach, who, by the way, just can we notice, he's a little bit too happy about doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think he's been waiting. Anyway, so this is the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. And here's the cool thing about the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I noticed that um, if you want to show compassion for a cause, okay, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, in order to show compassion for people that you care about or maybe some people you don't even know, it requires you to get out of your comfort zone. And here's another way to say that, and this is actually in your notes. Uh, comfort stands in the way of compassion. Comfort stands in the way of compassion. So if you, if you want to care for people, if you want to help people kind of outside of your sphere of influence, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Really, really it comes out of this. There's, there's two options, okay? One, you can show compassion for people by getting out of your comfort zone, or the second option is you can sit by, do nothing, while other people suffer. But those are really the only two options. One, you can get out of your comfort zone and, and, and show compassion to people outside of your sphere of influence. Or number two, you can sit by, do nothing, while other people suffer. And that's what the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge is all about. And I wonder, I wonder if the same is true for us. 
I wonder if the same is true for, for M12. If we want to be known as a people that show compassion to those outside of our walls, then I think it requires us to get out of our comfort zone too. Because see, there's really only two options. Either one, we can get out of our comfort zone and show compassion to people around us. Or number two, we can sit by, do nothing, while your friends are the ones that suffer. And see, the, the, the followers of Jesus, man, they got this. They understood that comfort stands in the way of compassion. And if you want to show compassion to other people, you have to get out of your comfort zone. So I want to look at what the Apostle Paul said about this. So if you would, grab your Bibles. They're like right under your chair or maybe in your lap. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And this is going to be on page 1,159. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1,159. And uh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible of your own, like if you're, if you're like brand new to church, you haven't been to church in a long time, uh, we want you to have a Bible at home. So uh, take this as our gift to you. You can put your name in it. Uh, you can take it home seriously. We want you to have a Bible. So if you don't have one, take this one. Now, uh, 2 Corinthians, some of you may know this, is actually a letter that was written to a group of people. And actually, it was written to a group of people a lot like you, which is pretty cool. It was written by a guy named Paul, and he was writing to people that understood that they needed to love God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. Right? Just like the first week of, uh, uh, the week of circles, you understood that we need to have Christ at the center of our life and to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. And the people that Paul was writing to got this. Not only did they get that, but they understood that you can't do life alone. And so these people were already in community with one another because they recognized that they needed one another. But, but, they were missing one very important thing, and so Paul actually talks about that. But, but before he gets into that, I'm telling you, these people loved God so much. They did, man. They got the first week of circles. They loved God so much that they were yearning for heaven. Like they were desperate, desperate to be in heaven. Because, see, they loved God that they recognized that Jesus died on the cross. And because Jesus died and he was at the center of their life, once they died, they would spend all of eternity with God in heaven. And so they were fired up about it, man. They were pumped about it. They could not wait to see their Savior face to face. And so I want to pick up right there at the beginning of um, chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. And this is what it says. It says, for we know, so he's writing them, he says, you already know this. Like, you already get this. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in, which is a very, like, poetic way of saying our bodies or our life here on earth. We know that if our life here on earth is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, all of you know this, okay? All of you get that, like, once you die, because you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you get to spend an eternity with God in heaven. In other words, once your life is over, man, it's like, I'm outcha, right? And I'm going to heaven with God, and it's incredible, and I can't wait for that. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, you already know this. You already know this. And then he goes on to verse 2. And he says, meanwhile, so while we're still here on earth, meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. In other words, I am desperate to see my Savior. I'm desperate to be in heaven. I'm desperate to be home with God. And really what's happening is that the people that Paul is writing to, they were kind of looking at their lives and they were like, well, I know that once I die... I get to be in heaven with God. There's no more tears. There's no more suffering. There's no more pain. And yet here I am on earth, and like my family situation is really tough. 
And like my friends, like things were going on there. Like I kind of just wish that like after God saved me, he would do this like beat me up Scotty thing so I could spend the rest of my life with God in heaven, right? Like in other words, why am I still here? Why am I, like if it's true that once I accept Jesus as my savior after I die, I get to go to heaven, then why, why am I still here? They loved God so much that they were asking this question, why? And maybe, maybe there's some of you in the room that are asking the same question. Like, man, my life is not easy right now, and, and I love God, I do, but, but, but like, why am I still here? Like, how come I can't just, like, go to heaven right now? And so Paul actually goes to answer this question. If you'll skip down um, to verse 11, this is what he says. Verse 11, since then, he's saying, here's why. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. In other words, you already know what it's like to have a relationship with God. Like, like, you remember what it's like to have been saved by God. You know what it's like for God to show you grace. You know what it's like for God to forgive you of all the stuff that you've done. You already know how much God loves you. So he says, since you already know that, we try to persuade others. See, that's huge. See, that's the key turning point. He's saying the reason you're still here on earth is because you've already experienced the love of God, but your friends haven't. But you've got friends. You've got family members. And they don't know how incredible a relationship with God is. And so the reason you're still here is because you need to tell them. Because, because when you experience something so awesome, you just can't help but share. And you know this, right? Like, like, you know that when you see something awesome or when you experience something awesome, you just can't help but share it. And the reason I know is because whenever you see an awesome movie or whenever you, like, experience something amazing, what is the first thing you do? Yeah, you tweet it, right? You share it. it be, because people have to know, right? Like, people need to know about your life because when something awesome happens, you can't help but share it. In fact, uh, I saw this all over the place um, guys, I'm sorry, uh, but I saw this all over the place when the movie The Fault in Our Stars came out. No, you don't mean that. Please tell me you don't mean that. Okay. Yeah, so this is what I saw, man. I saw, I saw so many of you, like, I've seen The Fault in Our Stars eight times, and I'm going to see it again. Who wants to come with me, right? Like, like, like you were just inviting, like now, many of you are like, I'm ready to go right now, right? I saw this. This is, this is no joke. I don't know if she's in the room. But I saw one of our students that after seeing the movie, she took a picture of herself sobbing and then said, I just saw this movie. It was awesome. And I was like, what? Like, I thought when you cried it was bad. I don't know. I don't get girls, okay? So I don't understand. But apparently it was so awesome it made her cry and she could not help but share about it. Like, you know this, when you see something awesome, you can't help but share about it. And how much more should it be with God? Like, if it's true that God has really changed your life, if it's true that the hope you have in God is better than the hope you have in anything else, then why wouldn't you share it? Why wouldn't you tell other people about how great God is? And so then he goes on, and he kind of sums up everything in verse 20 of chapter 5. And before, man, before we read this, I'm telling you, this verse was life-changing for me. Like when I saw this verse and I fully got what it said, it blew me away. And so this is what it says in verse 20. 
We are therefore, in light of everything you've heard, in light of the fact that you love God and you want to spend an eternity with him, in light of the fact that you just can't get enough of God, and in light of the fact that you kind of want to go home, and in light of the fact that when you experience something awesome, you just can't help but share it, in light of all that, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, through you, through me. See, here's what he's saying. He's saying, um, like, if we, can, if we can be honest, like, all of us in this room, and me included, and the guys in the band, and the guys in the tech booth, we're all messed up. Like, we've, we've all made decisions that we later regretted. We've all done things that we wish we could undo. We, we, we've all sinned. We've, like, like, we've done things that have broken our relationship with other people. We've broken our relationship with our parents. We've broken our relationship with God. And, I mean, I don't need to convince you of this, right? You can just scroll through your um, Twitter feed, and you can see broken relationships all over the place. You can see regret all over the place. You can feel regret. You know what it's like to make a decision that you later feel bad about. You know what it's like to have shame and guilt. And, and the bad news is that there's nothing you can do about it. In other words, there's no hope. There's no hope for you mending that relationship. There's no hope for you mending your relationship with God. And then, in an unthinkable turn of events, God himself did something extraordinary. Like, God took his only, like the God of the universe, okay? Like God that made the heavens and the earth. God that thought of happiness, like he invented happiness, that was his idea. The God that engineered snowflakes, like the God that made the stars that you see in the sky, the God that made the atoms that you're learning about that have all clumped together to make matter, the God that did all of that sent his only son. And he only had one, by the way, and he sent that son to earth. And he was perfect, he didn't do anything wrong, but he was falsely accused, and then he was abused, he was tortured. And he was put to death by Roman execution, by dying on the cross. And the people that followed Jesus watched him die on the cross. They watched him take his last breath. And after he took his last breath, they took him down off the cross and they threw him in a tomb. And they thought that was it. And then by the power of God, Jesus Christ was raised to life. And there was resurrection and there was hope because God's son was alive. And he offered salvation and he offered hope to every single person. And not only did he appear alive, but he appeared to more than 500 people in the span of 40 days this was unbelievable, and God's plan to let everyone know that there is hope is you. It's you. It's me. In other words, God's plan is you. God's plan is you. God's plan for letting your friends know about the life-changing message of Jesus Christ is you. It's about, it's about you telling them. It, in fact, like, like, like you know this, right? Like the reason that we're still here on earth is because your friends don't know about Jesus. And you're the one that needs to tell them. And we know this, right? Like, like in fact, all of you in this room, you found out about M12. You found out about a relationship with God because someone invited you to be a part of it, right? Like, 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 if I were to take a poll, I don't think anyone could say, no, actually, I was introduced to God by Jesus Christ himself, right? Like, I was sitting there in Starbucks, and then this dude walked in, and he was kind of, like, glowing, which was weird, right? And I was like, who's that? And then he sat down, and he said, hey, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Jesus. 
And uh, you may have heard about me, but let me, okay. So anyways, um, I want to let you know that I died for you. And so if you could just accept me as your savior, that'd be great. And then you do that. And then you're like, oh, well, hey, Jesus, real quick, I got some friends over there. Could you go talk to them? And Jesus is like, I'm on it, right? No, that didn't happen, right? Like that did not happen at all. You found out about Jesus because a friend invited you. Because a friend told you about Jesus. Maybe it was a family member. You learn about Jesus because someone else told you. Because God's plan is you and me. In fact, I um, there's a lot of students here that have gotten baptized recently, uh, which is awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Many of you in this room, uh, you got baptized, and every time I, I see students get baptized, every time I hear about students getting baptized, it... it um, it just warms my heart. And part of what we do uh, when you say you want to get baptized is you talk to your small group leader and uh, you talk with them about what baptism means and you also share your story of how you found Jesus, how you accepted Jesus as your Savior. And so I've got a few and I just want to read some of these to you, okay? And I took out all the names, so the names aren't on here, but I just want to, I just want to read these. Um, here's the first one. I'd grown up in church but didn't really care about God. I had friends I had friends that invited me to church, but I didn't want to go. Finally, after my friend kept bugging me, I decided to check out M12. It was the first M12 in the new building. And it was here that I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior at my first 12-stone visit. For the first time, I put all my faith not in others, not in myself, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because his friend invited him. Here's the next one. I was invited. That's how it starts. I was invited to the back-to-school bash by some friends. I liked it so much that I kept going. The next series is when Steve said, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, told us to raise our hands. I got teary and wanted to change my life because I feel like I wasn't going down the right path. I raised my hand and told everyone to walk outside so we could talk to them. Here's the next one. My friend had gotten baptized early in September. She had invited me to come to the service and watch her get baptized. She, she invited me. Right? To get baptized. Uh, I ended up wanting to come the next week. I remember at the end of M12, we all had our heads down, and Steve was talking about how God will accept us and loved us, uh, even after all the mistakes we've made. And after how much I'd ignored him or pushed him away, after how much I'd sinned, the message he said was so powerful for me. That is when I decided to accept Christ as my Savior. Here's the next one. I came to the service because some friends invited me. It was during the Getting Past Your Past series. It had been a long time since I'd been to church. I had a lot of regret. And I didn't realize until that night that God would forgive me of all the bad stuff I had done. Here's the last one. Um, I first started looking towards God for help when my grandpa was in the hospital. That weekend I prayed and prayed he would make it, and he did. And around two months ago, I was invited to go to 12 Stone Church with my friend. And she told me about how great it was, so I started going. I loved it. And the first baptism I ever saw was there, and it made me want to be saved by Christ. That one phone conversation I had with my life group leader changed my life. She led me to accept Christ, and I realized in that moment that I was saved. And here's what's crazy. I, there were like 30 of these, and I just couldn't tell them all because it would take too much time. But they all started the same. I was invited. I was invited. Someone invited me. And that was the beginning of their life being changed. 
See, here's the, here's the cool thing about the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I learned that comfort stands in the way of compassion, uh, but I also learned something else. Um, I learned that your friends, your friends are willing to be involved, but waiting to be invited. Your friends are willing to be involved, but waiting to be invited. Here's what I mean. Um, I was watching, like, around Monday is when, is when it seemed like everyone was getting nominated and everyone was starting to throw out nominations for the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. And here's what I noticed. Those that were not nominated would tweet or put something on Instagram, and this is what they said. They said, I'm ready to do the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I'm just waiting for someone to nominate me. Which is really crazy. Like, when you kind of zoom out, it's actually kind of funny because what they're saying is, I want to dump a bucket of ice water on myself, but I need someone to tell me to do that. Right, which is silly. But here's what I know. Their friends, your friends, were willing. They were ready. They were just waiting to be invited. And I think the same is true here. You've got a lot of friends that are willing to be a part of this. And they're waiting for you. They're waiting for you to invite them. And so we want to give you an invitation that is as easy as possible to invite your friends. And that's why we're doing the Back to School Bash. The reason we're doing the Back to School Bash is because we recognize that God's plan is you. And that it's you talking to your friends and it's you inviting your friends. And that is what's going to change their life. Because God is making his appeal through you and through me. And so what we have is we have uh, close to 2,000 invite cards that look just like this. Two thousand invite cards look just like this and on the front it just says back school bash and it's got hashtag in 12 bash and then on the back it says this thursday that's next week august 28th 6 to 8 30 p.m we're going to start a little early because the night is gonna be awesome starts off with this black light bash you guys got just a taste of it uh this uh tonight and i'm telling you it's going to be unbelievable there's going to be black lights everywhere glow sticks everywhere there's glow sunglasses you go raid walmart you find glow stuff you bring it it's going to be you and like 300 people all with glow attire it's going to be unbelievable so black light bash got a lot of fun stuff there uh next one win uh, oops sorry uh, go back real quick um win an eno is that d- does anyone want an eno that's what I'm talking about. Here's the deal. We wanted to give you the best possible Eno. So it's a double nest Eno, uh, which is awesome. And, and it's, it's, it's a good color. Trust me, you'll like it. And, and it, it is also, you know the straps, how you got to buy the straps separately? Well, we bought the straps, and we bought the really expensive, like, good kind of straps to make it as easy as possible. So it is the greatest Eno you could have. Plus, listen in. Uh, Listen in real quick, okay, so, so we're giving away an Eno, we're also giving away, have you guys seen those water speakers that light up? Yeah, yeah we're giving those away too, uh, because I think those are awesome. Uh, we're giving away a lot of really cool stuff, because we thought, how easy is it to invite your friends when you tell them, hey, come to church and you could win an Eno. Come to church and you could win uh, speakers, and so if you come, you also have a chance to win, so we're giving away a lot of really cool stuff. Also, there's free food, Mooney's Barbecue is going to be there, and, and, and this is hands down the greatest barbecue as far as I'm concerned on the face of the planet. It is my favorite barbecue, it's going to be catered for all of you and all your friends, and there's mac and cheese as well, which, come on, can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. Mac and cheese, uh, we're going to have those ice pop things as well, it's going to be awesome. And then of course Starbucks will be open, and so you and all your friends 
can go grab some Starbucks. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. And then at the bottom, we've got the address. We've got the address. So you can hand this to your friend, and you can invite them to the greatest party that we do all year. Because we want your friends to be invited. Because, we, because, because think about it. Like, don't you remember what it was like when you first accepted Christ as your Savior? Like, 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 don't you remember how incredible it was when you realized that God loved you? Your friends are waiting for that. And this is their ticket. So we have 2,000 of those. We're going to hand them out at the end of service, and we'll talk more about that. But here's, uh, here's what I learned about the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, is that uh, it's one thing to, like, tell someone in person, which I think you should do. Uh, by the way, when you hand these out, don't, like, don't, like, make it rain in the halls. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because if you do that then the janitors are going to hate M12. They're just going to hate everything about what we do. So instead, hand it to it, like, look at them in the eyeballs and say, this is for you. I know that's weird, but just look at them and say, this is for you. Hand it to them one at a time. But we know that uh, this invite is pretty cool, but how cool would it be if just like the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, we had a digital invite. So we have this. This says, hey, I'm going to Back School Bash, are you? Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to post it online on our M12 Stone SL Twitter and Instagram feed so that you can actually download this on your phone, post it. But if you'll notice, if you'll notice, there's a blank spot right there, right here. And the reason it's blank is so that you can tag your friends. So here's what you're going to do. There's a lot of different apps that you could use. Uh, I use one called Fonto, but there's a ton of other ones. And you can literally write someone's name. And just imagine, just imagine. If you're a friend that's never been to M12, all of a sudden, they feel their phone vibrate, they pull it out, and it's a notification. And one of their friends just tagged them in a photo. And imagine what they're going to feel when they see a photo directed at them with their specific name on it where they are tagged. And they get invited. And here's what I know. Many of you have mutual friends. What if your one friend gets tagged by like 15 people? How cool would that be? If all their friends started inviting them, and just imagine, again, dream with me for a second, what if, like, you're scrolling through your timeline, or your friend is scrolling through your timeline, and this is all they see. All they see is M12, back school bash, all they see is you inviting your friends. Like, just like it was for the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, when you're like, come on, if I see another picture of someone dousing themselves with water, I'm going to go crazy. What if this was the next, next ALS Ice Bucket Challenge? What if you blew up Twitter? What if you blew up Instagram? And what if your friends came here because of what they saw online? And then what if they not only came, but what if their lives were changed because of your invite? So we want this to be as easy as possible. Here's what I'm going to ask that you do, okay? Um, please don't do this. Don't post this online and then tag all of your friends in one picture because then if you tag everyone, then no one is going to feel special, okay? Tag them one at a time, one picture at a time, one name at a time. Tag them one at a time and invite them, invite them to the back school bash. And then, and then here's something that, that I learned today uh, with, our, with our high school students. Um, how you invite is just as important as if you invite, okay? How you invite is just as important as if you invite, which means if you go take this and you start tagging people that you don't like and you start making them feel bad for not coming to church, not going to be a good idea, okay? So can we all agree, let's only tag our friends, let's only tag people that we care about, only tag people that we sincerely want to be here. And listen, if your friend says no, it's okay. But I bet, I bet that the majority of your friends are willing to be involved, but they're just waiting be invited and so here's the question 
The question is, who will you invite to Back to School Bash? Who will you invite to Back to School Bash? And maybe now, maybe God is, is starting to kind of call to mind the names of friends that you can invite. And, and, and by the way, if you're like, if you're brand new um, to M12, if this is like your first night, and uh, maybe you're like, oh, I don't know if I can like invite, like I just started kind of hanging out, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, do you like the thought of going to a blacklight bash? Um, do you like the thought of possibly winning an Eno or water speakers or a bunch of other? And do you like free food? Uh, if you answer yes to any one of those, then yes, you can invite. You can invite all of your friends here. Because here's what I know. God's plan, God's plan is you. And it's me. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to take the penalty for our sins. And then he left it in your hands and in my hands so that we can invite. And so next week is about more than just throwing a party, although throwing a party is fun. Next week is about your friends' lives changing. So who will you invite? Who will you invite to Back to School Bash? So let me pray for you. God, I, uh, I hope, I hope that M12 is known as a place of compassion. I hope that we are known as people that reach outside the walls and invite other people to be a part of what you're doing here. Because many of us in this room, we were invited by someone. There was a friend that reached out to us and said, hey, you should come check out M12. And then we didn't realize it, but our lives were changed. And now as we look back, we see that it all started with a simple invite. And so for the students in this room, God, I, I ask that you would give them boldness. I ask that they would be filled up with your spirit, not to be mean, not to be degrading, not to make people feel bad, but to invite them and say, hey, I just want you to know, like, Jesus is pretty cool, and, um, and I'd love for you to come be a part of this party, and uh, I think think you'd really like it. And who knows? God, who knows what you might do? Who knows if like the five people that we invite could be the five friends that we see changed forever. And what if, what if next year around this time I'm reading their story? What if I'm reading their story about how my friend invited me? How Liz invited me? How Scott invited me? Caleb invited me. God, for the students in this room, give them boldness. Help them realize it, it, it is a party, but it's about more than a party. It's about your plan to save the world. Because we're hopeless without you. And so, God, we want to be known as a people that love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. We want to know, uh, be known as a people that see the value in community because we can't do life alone. And we want to be known as people that will not let comfort stand in the way of compassion. But instead we reach out to other people because your plan is us. So God, I pray that you would enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. As you've done for the past 2,000 years. We love you. In Jesus' name.